This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 83 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. Of course, this podcast brought to you by Bet Online. We had a couple um mishaps before we started this because guess what we're recording this at like 6 a.m in the morning this is the dedication we have people for you guys out there. so that just kind of went out on me too so <laughs> we're gonna have all kinds of issues today but we're gonna figure it out one way or another oh see it's like i, I was telling them joshua because you didn't hear anything that i just said but i was telling them we're doing this podcast at like six in the morning, and that just goes to show how dedicated we are to the listeners. Oh, yeah. We're barely functioning at this time. Yeah, no, we we love our listeners for sure. And I, you know what? It, uh, let's 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 not say it's our fault though, because we are high functioning people early in See? the morning. It's exactly it is the software's fault. It's yep. the Wi-Fi's fault. It's the microphone's fault, but it's not our fault. It is never our fault because we're dedicated to too many things to to have it be our fault. Exactly. Technology. What can you do with it? <laughs> well, I hope you're doing well, my friend. We had some some stuff that happened this past week in terms of college football. A lot of stuff that um, I think people are looking at as a uh-oh in terms of the season happening. And we're going to start with the positive test that just came out everywhere, especially on that Friday. Uh, Clemson, overall, 28 positive tests with their athletes, but 23 of them were actually college football players. I know Kansas State had 13 positive tests. They actually suspended voluntary workouts for right now. And when you heard this news, Joshua, I know we were expecting positive tests like we've seen trickle down. Were you expecting this amount? Well, you know, Dabo, worldwide Dabo, he was on his private jet and, and traveling, going out of town. So it's no surprise uh, Clemson's dealing with a little outbreak there. Uh, here's the reality of the situation. Somebody on ESPN said this last night, and I tend to agree with it. So far for college football, uh, most of these cases have been asymptomatic. The few ones that have had symptoms have been, you know, mild flu-like symptoms. And there's been a 100% recovery rate um, for these athletes. So 
you know, as crazy as it sounds, if you're an athletic director, you almost hope that your guys get it so they can have the antibodies so they can fight it when it comes back mm-hmm. around. It's it's a it's this is a tough situation because you want to make sure you're protecting guys. And the hardest part about it is you don't want to rush anybody back too soon because this is a, a, a respiratory deal. And uh, if you, you know, your guys are out there trying to run around, they can't breathe. It's going to be a bad deal during workouts at the same time, you know, living your life fearful of COVID is going to be a hard proposition for Mm -hmm. an entire football season. So these guys have some decisions to make right now, but um, obviously it's going to be prevalent. It's prevalent everywhere in society. When you get a bunch of people together at one time in one place, there's going to be a chance that there's an outbreak. It's just how they want to manage it and deal with it from this point forward. Well, and right now you had mentioned, you know, feeling comfortable coming back. And and these are voluntary workouts right now at these college facilities. And I know that voluntary pretty much means you need to be there when it comes to college football. But I think at this point with what's going on, I don't think that's as heavily put on these athletes. So, you know, if there are athletes that are maybe on the higher end of, you know, we can't catch this because of our parents or something that, you know, in their family, I'm sure those guys are probably not having to be there. So you think about that as, as a case that, okay, it's, it is probably a little bit laxed right now, but my question to you, because I know that, um, people kind of go back and forth on this because we knew that this was going to happen again when these athletes came back, but is it good that it's happening now or do you think it's bad because if it continues to happen, they're just going to eventually shut down the college football season? And I say, is it good that it's happening now because you're hoping then you're not going to have a big outbreak of it in a month or so. But if it's happening in a month or so still with these dramatic numbers, are we in trouble? Well, I think happening now is better than happening later because what you don't want is an outbreak during the actual football season. That would, I think, you know, people would have a very strong reaction to that with travel going on and different teams coming to town and the amount of people that could be around it. I think that would be a little bit more startling than maybe some of these cases that would be able to make their way through one football facility, but that's probably where it stops. The, the other thing too, like I said, is I've become one of these people now when evaluating COVID that doesn't evaluate necessarily the number of cases because Mm -hmm. we have the expanded testing now. And uh, the ability for more people to get a test, which means that we're going to see more positive. So what I'm looking at is um, symptomatic cases that end up having to be hospitalized. And then from there, I'm also looking at how many people actually end up passing away from it. And like I said before, college football, um, although we've seen a lot of these cases, many of them are asymptomatic and everybody's recovering right now. So if you can get to a place as an athletic director, as a, you know, infectious disease doctor, where you can say that, hey, even though we do have these cases, these guys are extremely, extremely low risk for for negative outcomes, hospitalization, death, et cetera, then maybe we get to a place where people are more comfortable. Now, if you're Larry Johnson at Ohio State and you're the oldest coach on the staff, yeah. you know, maybe they make you coach from the box or whatever the case is and you can't have too much interaction. But from a player standpoint, you got to feel like these guys maybe won't get hit as hard as the the typical population. Yeah, and I have heard just with a lot of people that I've talked to that a lot of these younger people, and I'm not just saying athletes, I'm saying people like us um, who aren't you know, on the field and working out with other athletes every day, just normal people right now are asymptomatic, you know, healthy young mm-hmm. people. So um, for the most part, some people don't even get 
anything in terms of they did never even know they had it right so it, it it should be interesting and i think that that's a good way to look at it because it is what it is this is this is going to happen we are going to see positive tests um, as these guys start to get back to the facility even when training starts up I think we're going to be seeing this as well. So we're just going to have to continue to see how to roll with it. I know that Laura Rutledge told Get Up the other morning that she has, you know, contacts with players. Obviously, she covers a lot of SEC football, and she's heard that some players are uncomfortable with it. I don't know how much I can can be like, oh, you know, you, you talk to so many players and all of them are saying, I mean, because she made it sound like players are uncomfortable. I don't know if I really believe that necessarily. I'm not trying to, like, say I don't believe Laura Rutledge, but at the same time, I can't think that all these young college athletes are going to be uncomfortable. So yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that. Most of the cats that I know, they, they understand the risk. I've said this before. Football is not a, a, a scared man's game. Yeah. And there's risk associated with, with every aspect of playing ball. Obviously this is, is very risky for a number of reasons, but all that to say, these guys understand they, the risk that's involved. A lot of them yeah. want to get back because there's such a short window to play football. But the reality of the situation, too, is that they understand that um, they're they're in a position of power with this COVID yeah. thing because, you know, athletic departments want to play football, but these cats are truly unpaid labor at this point. And so they, they might they might be uncomfortable, not with COVID, but uncomfortable with the proposition of being rushed back to play ball so the athletic departments can make money and they're not going to see a penny. Sure. Yeah, nope, and that's that's a great point. I think that's more so on the lines what I was thinking as well. Well, there is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, well, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website, are you looking for something other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. Uh, that's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online waging experts. Let's go straight into this second topic that kind of relates to the first one. So, this, I was not surprised with when this came out last week, Joshua. Chip Kelly obviously coached in the Pac 12 first when he was with Oregon. So I, I knew a lot about him there. I knew a lot about what kind of a man he was from people who covered him. And they were not positive things. Let me just add that. And so this story comes out from the LA Times, and it pretty much says that UCLA players asked for a third party to oversee all health precautions. And the LA Times went as far to say that that's because these players do not trust their head coach, Chip Kelly. And when we looked into who these players were, these were not non-starters. These were younger guys, but majority of them were their starters that were saying, we don't feel comfortable with what he's doing and we don't think he has our best interest at hand. It's a bad deal. Um, as a awesome. coach, that's a, a place you don't want to be because literally you've lost your team at that point. That's what I said. I said, yeah. at what? How do you think you're playing a college football season and going to win any games when that's when that's what you're hearing from your players before the season even starts? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. Um, and and UCLA has a, a new AD as well, uh, Martin yeah. Jarman, and yep. he was a guy that was at Ohio State and he was just at BC most recently. I mean, he's done a great job everywhere that he's been, but that's going to be a situation he needs to address. 
And if I were him, I would, I would start talking to some of the players and I would also have conversations with the coaching staff because that's, that isn't, I, I just don't understand. Like that's not something that should ever happen where players feel like they're, they're truly like they, they have to have somebody watching over the program because they can't trust their coach. Yeah. I've, I don't know if I've really heard that. Well, and it's crazy because I was I was actually looking up some more articles on this whole situation because this came out uh, last week that, you know, these kids did not feel comfortable with Chip Kelly overseeing all the health precautions. Now it's crazy. You know, he was with the Eagles, did a horrible like people did not like him there. Players did not like him there. So it's crazy because like a lot of these uh, articles that are coming out this week are actually from like Philadelphia, like newspapers. And it's just saying, you know, Chip Kelly is the ultimate villain, you know, UCLA players like they're they're chiming in on it. And I've just read so many different things about him. I know that a former UCLA player criticized Chip Kelly of his treatment of African-American players. So there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I'm not going to say, I mean, I don't have firsthand knowledge of any of this, but I will tell you again, I being in the Pac-12 and and covering it and being um, a student, you know, in the Pac-12. When he was at Oregon, I had a, a guy friend that I worked with when I was a sportscaster in Montana, and he went on to work in Eugene afterwards. He covered Chip for like three years, and he said he was an awful person. And, mm. and this guy that I worked with is, is a great dude. And he said j- just the way he treated people, it was just really un- – like certain people, you know, was just really unfair. You could tell that he had an agenda. Yeah, and, no, it's 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 a bad deal. That is And that's, that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so say. why wouldn't he have an agenda with his team? So I'm sure that there's certain people that he probably, you know, does certain favors for or treats a certain way and then there's a lot of people he probably doesn't. I just think overall from everything I've heard, he's probably not the greatest person to play for. And guess what? He's not winning games either. No. That's Probably the the big thing there is if you got a guy causing problems, the problems aren't nearly as bad when they're winning games. But if you're not winning games, then don't be a problem. Yeah, exactly. So I I will be interested to see how this whole story unfolds because I just think right now it has to be a mess in there. And if you have majority of your guys, again, saying that they ultimately just don't trust you when it comes to your basic health right? Your basic health, what you have to have as a football player, you have to have that comfortable feeling that your coaches are looking out for you all the time. If you don't have that, you probably aren't going to be winning much games on the field. So we'll see what happens with that incident. Well, finally, so after SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said, you know, we are, he went off against, against the Mississippi state flag. He was just like, this is, not something that could happen, can be flown anymore. And we're not going to have SEC championship games in that state until it's taken down, right? So he said that. And then I had heard that there was a group of athletes that also reached out to the NCAA that same day. So then the NCAA followed suit the next day and said that it would ban all postseason college athletic events from being hosted in Mississippi until the flag changes, that Confederate flag, of course, we're talking about. And I think it's funny, and I don't want to spend too much time on this subject. I do. More so on (laughs) – well, no, I'm saying that the – I don't want to spend – okay, the NCAA came out after all of this. That's what I'm saying. Right. And I – 
again, it's the follow the leader type of situation. Right. I think they had this in place somewhere in there, but they weren't like, obviously they weren't, they weren't making it happen. I mean, I think that's actually written into the rules about the flag somewhere. Like, but I don't know if it was specifically the Mississippi state flag, but there was something in the NCAA rules, but they never said like that this was something that they actually followed through with. Yeah. This, um, the Mississippi flag thing is, is really unique. And I, I, I just, I guess I don't understand where the pushback really comes from in people that like don't want to change it or people that want to continue to fly their Confederate flags, like break it down to its simplest form. It's a traitor's flag and, and they were on the losing side. And then, you know, it, it truly became a representation of oppression and white supremacy um, during the reconstruction period. Like that's a, the reason people flew it was, was still to, to like say, Hey, even though America's changing now, I still feel these same things that I felt before this war and during this war and everything else. And I, I don't know how to say it any simpler than that. But yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is all basic stuff and I applaud everybody who's in line with it. Like we need to, people say it's erasing history. First off, there have been plenty of people that live here, Native American, Black people, et cetera, whose history has been erased. I can, you know, and, and not to get too far into it, I can trace my lineage back to a continent. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can trace their lineage back to a, a country. They can trace it back to a, a singular city. Um, right. So you talk about erasures of history. Like my, my history was erased, period. You talk about erasing history. My history was also rewritten. It was written by people that, that have been victors throughout history. And so we don't even teach it accurately to begin with. So it's not even about history. It's about people clinging on to, to yeah. things that whatever. So reality the situation is I support anybody who wants to make an America where we reconcile with our history properly and we remove representations of the negative things that are going on. College football is going to be great for this. Um, we already saw it with uh, NASCAR, and they're well, getting yeah. pushed back. But NASCAR is doing it right. College yep. football is going to do it the right way. NCAA. Yep. So I'm here for all of it. Yeah. And by the way, to to solidify, it wasn't spending time on this subject. It was spending time on the fact that the NCAA had to follow somebody. Yeah, no, that, the NCAA. That's what I, I was talking about. Because I'm like, I'm not woo. even get. I'm not even going to go there because I could go off for for days about oh, we've the had NCAA. these conversations. Yeah, and I'm sure that we'll do it again on another podcast. But yeah, I agree with you, and and I like how you brought up NASCAR in this. Look, NASCAR. I've been to Talladega. I covered that race for two years when I had my first full time sports job in Montgomery, and I've been there. I've seen you know, firsthand what that's like. And to be a black driver like Bubba Wallace, um, he wasn't at the time in obviously racing because this was years ago, but I couldn't imagine that feeling going into a track and seeing that. Okay. It, it just, it would, to me, it would be an issue. And so to see that there, there is change starting to happen and it can take one person to help make that change. And Bubba Wallace, I, I can't say enough about NASCAR right now and what it's doing for itself. First of all, it's, the sport is helping itself so much. And I know there's been controversy, but not within the sport necessarily. It's been all the crap around it, right? Right. The, the sport is banding together to support each other and to support Bubba. And it's doing wonders for the sport in a short amount of time because it needed help. Um, but I'm saying that's just one platform that you can see the change really starting to happen. And I think that with college football, like you mentioned, 
uh, I do think that this um, flag, I, I do think it will be banned. I just think it's going to take a minute to get it all sorted out. I, I know that players too, there's a Mississippi State running back that said, you don't change a flag, flag. I don't represent this state anymore. I'm not going to play for you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and there's got to be more that are going to come out and say that. So it is, it is, you are seeing the change starting to come. And it just takes one person sometimes to make that statement to get the ball rolling right now. Because if there's a, a chance to do it, you know, it's right now when people are really like, making a point to be like we're not going to stand for this so no it's all good I'm and like I said I'm I'm for any situation where um the little guy gets to use his voice in this case it's a player college football and society's case it's people that have been drowned out for decades and centuries and and the whole deal well that does it for this episode of press pass it was a quicker one but we promise you we'll We'll have a, a, a little bit more extended one next week. This is like a, what is it, a grab and go for you guys this week. So when you're in your cars and you have like a short 20 minute drive, you can just turn us on. Boom. You got your highlights for the week. You have your conversations that you can go, you know, text your friends or call your friends about and have your own with. So it's like a grab and go. That's what I'm going to call this this episode. <laughs> a grab and go. I love it. A grab and go. Uh, where can the fine listeners go to follow you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore JEP. Uh, always got some great things popping on the Twitter. Yes, you always do. And you can follow us on our Press Pass podcast Instagram. It's at Press Pass Pod. That is where we go ahead and put up all of our new episodes. And then you can follow me on social media platforms at Kayla Anderson TV. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, we have just, we have, I feel like we have new listeners every day that we're hearing from. And I think some of the, the words getting out there that this is an actual college football podcast. We can talk about different t- topics maybe that others don't. And we have a guy like Joshua Perry on here who just has great insight. And I think that that's rare. So if you guys haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Just go to Apple Podcasts and type in Press Pass. Give us a subscribe. You can even give us a rate and review if you'd like. We would appreciate it. We appreciate you guys listening. And we'll be back here next week with some more great topics to talk about. Thanks, guys.